Now, this morning, uh, seeking the Lord all week. You know, this is going to be one of those messages where you can't really pick a title for it. You understand what I'm saying? It's like I'm going to jump here, jump here a little bit. So I have no idea where the Holy Spirit's going to take this. I mean, I have a general idea, but he might take it in a different way, and I'm open to whatever he has. Amen? So this is a Holy Ghost church, right? We acknowledge him in this place and exalt Jesus, right? Now, have you ever seen a movie where there was someone who was in the desert for a long period of time, and that person was almost dying of thirst? You know, you can just picture it, can't you? Someone who has, you know, they wrap their coat around their head and they're just, oh, you know, just dying of thirst. Get, keep that picture in your mind. Because I want to talk to you today about a topic that will change your life if you'll let it. If you have this one element in your life, you will be living a life in the supernatural and not just the natural. Can you say amen to that? I want to talk to you about spiritual hunger and thirst within the life of a Christian. That one element, if you possess that one element, element in your life, everything else is going to fall right into line, and you're going to see the power of God flow in your life. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and I'm going to read one verse there. Verse 6. And the words are in red. That means Jesus Christ is speaking, right? Matthew 5 verse 6 says this. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now it said they shall be. It doesn't say they might be, right? He said they shall be filled. He's saying this, if one of my followers has a spiritual hunger and a spiritual thirst for a closer walk with me and to have more of God's presence in your life, more illumination from the word by the Holy Ghost, more revelation in your life, a desire to go deeper in the things of God, you will be filled or your desire will be granted. It, there's no question mark behind it. I want to emphasize that. Because we can rely on the word of God, right? If you have spiritual hunger and spiritual thirst in your life this morning, you will be filled. You will not be disappointed. Turn with me to Psalm 42 now. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 42. Now, I titled this message, I hesitate to tell you the title because I don't even know if it's going to line up completely to it, but I'm going to tell you it anyways because it might give you something to meditate on. Streams in the desert. Streams in the desert. So don't hold me to that if the Holy Ghost does a change up on me this morning, right? Now, Psalm 42, verse 1. Look at this. The psalmist says this. As the heart or as the deer pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after thee, O God. You see, when you get to that point in your Christian life, it is then you will begin to see the supernatural power and presence of God saturate your life. 
It's got to be there. There's got to be a hunger, a desire to go deeper with God. Because if it's not there, then you'll just stay where you're at. And I'm going to touch on that in a minute. Turn with me now to Hosea chapter 10. Hosea, before the book of Joel in the Old Testament. Hosea chapter 10. And I'm, going to, I'm just going to read one verse and I'm going to pull out some things from it. Hosea 10 verse 12. Listen to this now. Sow to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes and rains righteousness upon you. Now listen, fallow ground. What is fallow ground? What's it talking about? Fallow ground is soil that has been so neglected. It's been neglected, and consequently, because it's been neglected, it hasn't been tilled, it gets hardened. That ground gets hardened because it's been neglected. And it's talking about break up your fallow ground of your heart. All the areas of your life. And I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm going somewhere with this. Follow me. How do you break up your fallow ground or maybe those parts of your heart that are hardened? How do you do that? Because this is a key to developing a spiritual hunger and thirst, right? If your heart's hardened, you're not going to go anywhere. You're not going to have that hunger. You're not going to have that thirst, that desire to move forward with God. But how do you break up those areas of your heart that may be hardened, that fallow ground? Well, look at verse 12 again. It says, break up your fallow ground, colon, for it is time to seek the Lord. Say, seek the Lord. How long? Till he comes and rains righteousness upon you. Now think about a, a garden. That hasn't been tilled, that ground is hard as a rock. What happens when you get a nice little rain shower? Water comes upon that hardened ground. It softens it up, right? So one way, the way to soften our hearts, to make it more sensitive to the Lord, sensitive to the Holy Spirit, is to seek Him. Now how do you seek Him? Do you go on some journey around the world? No, it's talking about Seeking Him in your everyday prayer life. Seeking Him in the Word. And Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. They shall be filled. And this says, Seek the Lord until He comes. It doesn't say He might come and reign righteousness. It said, Seek Him until. You know, there used to be um, a term called praying through. Have you ever heard that? Praying through. And uh, my time at Ramah, Pastor Hagen and Kenneth E. Hagen, when I was there, he would talk about there were times, you know, in, in, in their prayer life where, you know, when you sit down to pray, it can just seem so boring, so mundane, you end up falling asleep. He said, but the old timers back in the day, when all these revivals were going on, he said they used to stay and pray through. Meaning they fought their flesh and they kept seeking the Lord, kept getting into the word, and guess what? Mighty revivals broke out because why because they sought the lord until he came and rained his righteousness upon them you understand where i'm going with this amen so as you seek the lord you're putting yourself in that position uh, to be made more pliable more sensitive to the holy spirit it's like a plant 
if that was real, <laughs> that fake plant back there, if that was real, you would need to put it in a proper environment for it to grow. Is that not right? What would that plant need to grow? It needs water, and it needs the sun, sunlight, right? So same with us. If we want to grow spiritually, and we you know, want to do things for God, we got to be put in the proper environment. How do you do that? By uh, uh, consistent prayer life and getting into the Word of God and seeking Him. And I promise you, there will be breakthrough. Just keep on pressing on, praying through, seeking Him. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So, as you seek the Lord, your heart will be softened because of this fact right here. You are giving the Holy Spirit access to those parts of your life that you have been keeping Him out of. Maybe there's some parts in your life that there's some dark areas of your heart, emotionally, whatever, and you've been kind of just shoving it under the rug for all these years. But you know what? One thing I found out, when you start to seek the Lord and you grow in an intimate relationship with Him, guess what areas of your life that He's going to start dealing with you on? Those dark parts, that fallow ground that you haven't tilled up in a while. So, as I said in the one message on how to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, allow Him to do His work in you because He's breaking up that ground. I wasn't going to go here because it's a whole other message, but I'll just quickly touch on it. The parable of the sower. Remember, the seed is the Word of God. There's a sower who went out to sow seed. The sower is the, the minister or the person who's talking to people about the Word, about Jesus. And then... It says the seed is the word of God. Notice, there's no problem in the seed, in the word, but it's the ground. Some fell on hard ground, and it said it sprung up, but because it didn't have a root, when the sun came, it scorched it, and it didn't grow anymore. Right? So the, the problem is our heart. What's your ground like this morning? You see what I'm saying? Amen. Hallelujah. I think I'm starting to see it come together now with what the Holy Spirit's trying to do this morning. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and uh, one verse is going to be verse 33. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. See, the Lord's trying to prepare us. There's going to be a mighty move of His Holy Spirit. Now, the only way that is going to come to pass is if we're pliable in our hearts. Right? Well, if we're hardened our hearts, we're not going to be open to spiritual things. Right? Amen? But we need our hearts to be softened so we can be used by Him to the fullest potential. Matthew 6.33, here we go. The words are read again. It's Jesus talking. But seek ye first, say first, first, the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Now, 
I want to tell you this right now. There are too many believers, too many Christians who are putting earthly things, worldly things before heavenly things. You understand what I'm saying? See, that goes with your time, with your money, and everything that you have on this earth. We are to use everything we have to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. It's talking about putting him as priority in your life. Um, you know, do you want to know why uh, earthly things will never bring to, uh, true joy, peace, especially to us, the Christian? Why? Why won't earthly things ever bring true joy and peace? We know it doesn't bring peace to the world. They're, they're, they're saved. No, they're unsaved. But to specifically for us, the Christians, because if you are a Christian this morning, your citizenship is in heaven and not on earth. Do you understand that? Your citizenship is in heaven and not on earth. Uh, have you ever heard the old saying, this is not my home, but I'm just a passing through. Amen? See, God, yes, God has made provision for us Christians on earth to be blessed, to be victorious on this earth. But it is for the purpose of promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't hold on too tightly to the things of this world. Don't do it. Because the moment you step out of your body and you walk into eternity, you're going to see how foolish it was to hold on so tight to the things of this world. Can you say amen to that? Ephesians 4.28. You know, sometimes, you know, when I find myself getting wrapped up in, in earthly things and, you know, even, you know, things for the house or whatever, you know, some, sometimes the Holy Spirit just takes me back and, get, and, and puts this thought in my mind. You know... James, is it really going to matter when you leave this earth how many things you have on this earth? Is it real? You know, and I said it before and I'll say it again. I have never seen a U-Haul truck follow a hearst to the cemetery. Never. And you never will. Why? You're not going to take any of it with you. Don't hold on too tightly to the things of this world have a loose hold. Ephesians 4.28. Listen to this. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Now, it, did it say, correct me if I'm wrong, did it say labor with your hands uh, that you may be able to store up all the things that you can for yourself. No. It says you work decently and do what God's called you to do. Why? To be a blessing to others. To be, don't hold on too tight to the things on this earth. Don't do it. Matthew 6. Go with me to verses 19 through 21. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. Listen to this. It's Jesus speaking again. 
Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust corrupts and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Listen to verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. If your heart is only on earthly things, I can guarantee you right now, and I can say it with full confidence, you have fallow ground in your heart that needs to be broken up. Right? You have fallow ground that needs to be broken up. See, we've got to stay heavenly minded. Um, we get so focused and consumed on worldly things. We try to work things out in our own wisdom so many times. And that gives way to, of course, anxiety, fear, and stress. Right? Which is the very opposite of faith. Turn with me to Hebrews 11, verse 6. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Thank you, Jesus. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. The context is talking about, the, about God. Without faith it's impossible to please God. See, God rewards those Christians who put Him first and seek Him first as priority in your life. Can you say amen to that? Right? That's the Word of God. See, when you start to become overwhelmed with anxiety, stress, and fear, at that point, we need to just put our natural mind into neutral. We need to put our natural mind into neutral. Now, what do I mean by that? You need to make a conscious effort to say, I am not going to stress about this any longer. You, you have to do it. It takes discipline too, right? How many of you know what I'm talking about? It takes discipline to do that. What you need to do is give it to God. Pray for wisdom and open the Bible and start reading it. Because then the Holy Ghost can minister to you and show you how to work out that situation instead of you fussing around about it in your own strength. Now, real quick before I read a verse that ties into that, the Lord brought another one. Colossians 3.1. I'll just read it real quick. Colossians 3.1 says, If ye then be risen with Christ, how many of you know if you're a Christian, you sit with Christ in, in heavenly places, right? If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. Don't hold on to things too tightly on this earth. You know, anxiety, stress, and fear, even medical science shows proof that those things open people up to disease, infirmity, right? Closely connected. What are we supposed to do? Well, turn with me to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, and I'm going to be looking at verses 6 through 7. I want to point something out here that I believe will help you. A lot of you probably have read this thousands of times, but I just want to break it down again, right? Stir your mind up by the way of remembrance, the Bible says. 
Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. It says, be careful for nothing. That's King James. Really what it's saying there in a nutshell, don't worry about it. Don't stress out. Be careful for nothing. Okay? It says, but in everything, say everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. When you're praying, you know, be sure you throw in a thank you. Be thankful to God, right? You'll see the awesome blessings. When you start to have a thankful heart unto God, you will see mighty things take place in your life. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And then, what's the result of doing that? What's the result of putting your mind into neutral? What's the result of, of going to God in prayer with thanksgiving in your heart? Verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to notice something. That covers pretty much the whole man. Remember how I told you before. You're a spirit being. The real you is a spirit being. You possess a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and you live in a physical body. Someone who's here today may don't understand. What I mean by you're a real spirit, the moment you leave this earth, when you, leave this, uh, when you die, take your last breath, your spirit man's going to come out of your shell, your body. And the real you, the spirit's going to live forever, whether in hell or in heaven, whatever you have done with Jesus Christ, right? Now, so now, uh, it, notice, it says when you do that, when you're a doer of the word and you're doing what it says to do, it not only covers your spirit man, the spiritual part, but it even goes a step further, what, goes about 18 inches up into your natural mind. That's always trying to fight against you. You know what I'm talking about when that flesh tries to creep in and say and tries to make you fear and anxiety ridden? It says if you will do that, not only will it penetrate your heart, it's a peace that passes all understanding. It'll even creep up 18 inches into your mind. Don't hold on to the things of this world too tightly. Amen. See, I believe that we would see such wonderful breakthroughs in our situations if we would just let God move and stop hindering Him with our unbelief. Anxiety, fear, and all these things are totally contrary to faith. Because if we truly had the faith, and I'm going to talk about faith here in, in the Sundays to come, because it's, you need to understand what faith is. But we serve a faith God, okay? He demands us to have faith. See, I, I just, I, sometimes I just find it so amazing that someone can have faith to receive salvation or the born-again experience, and they believe, which they rightly should because it's in the Word, they believe that they're, when they die, they're going to live in heaven for eternity. They can believe that huge thing, which is a huge miracle, but when it comes to them having a cold, they can't even have faith to receive their healing. <laughs> Think about that. It's mind-boggling. Okay? But I'm going to be getting into that in the healing meeting, too. So you won't want to miss these healing meetings. They're going to be pretty eye-opening. Um, so 
Just don't forget this one important principle and truth in the kingdom of God. Jesus said this, according to your faith, be it unto you. In the proportion of the, uh, in the way, in the proportion, as much as you believe me, that's the proportion you're going to be blessed. And you're going to walk in his blessing and power. Does that make sense to you this morning? 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, look at verses 6 through 7 in 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to throw something out at you that maybe you have never thought of or you've never seen it in this light before. Listen to this. Verses uh, 6 and 7, I'm sorry. It says, Humble yourselves, Therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Verse 7. Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Now, I want you to notice this. When we try to figure things out in our own wisdom, that is pride. Do you understand that? When we're separating God, taking God out of the equation, and we're trying to do things in our own strength, and we're becoming anxiety-ridden, fear-ridden, the Bible says that's pride. Look at verse 7. Uh, it's because it says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. It's interesting, the verse before that, it says, Humble yourselves. Then it goes on to say, Casting all your care upon him. The amount you humble yourself is in direct proportion to you casting your cares to God. Did you catch that? I know it probably came kind of quick, but when I read that, I just about fell out of my seat. I never connected pride or humility in proportion that, that we give all of our problems unto God. i never seen it before, and I just about flipped over. You know, a lot of times we, we just think of pride, you know, as, you know, someone walking by and just treating other people bad. Oh, no. No, no. The Bible goes a step further. It says, when you're trying to work things in your own strength, you have pride in your heart. So your, humili your walk of humility toward God, your walk of humility is in direct proportion to how you handle giving your cares unto God. Are you doing it all in your own strength or are you giving it to God and keeping Him in the equation of your life? Hallelujah. James 4.10 James chapter 4 verse 10 Listen to this. Again, touching on humility here. James 4.10 says this. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. Well, what's the result of that? It goes on to say. And he shall lift you up. 
Humble yourselves. Trust God. Have faith in His Word. And He will lift you up. Lift you up above what? Lift you above the circumstances that look helpless in the natural. Did you catch that? Humble yourselves in the sight of God. Give your cares unto Him. And then He's going to lift you up above those circumstances that look hopeless and helpless. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Ghost. So Jesus said in Matthew 6.33 that if we are giving God's Word priority in our life and seeking His kingdom first, His way of doing things, all of these other things that we need in the natural will be added unto us. It will be, see, it's a faith walk. It's a faith walk. When you give your tithe, when you give your offering, you know, are, are you constantly stressing about it? Or are you, are you what, doing what the Bible says, you're giving cheerfully unto God for His work? You see, that's, that's ultimate faith right there. Because you're putting the Word of God into action. You're being a doer of the Word, and it takes faith. Because the Bible is a spiritual book filled with spiritual principles. A lot of times it won't make sense in the natural. So don't try to figure it out. Just be obedient to the Word. And everything in the natural will fall into place. Amen? I'm getting happy up in here today. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So, now, so if you're seeking the kingdom of God first and His righteousness or His way of doing things on this earth, you will have a spiritual hunger and a thirst. If you're putting Him as priority, if there's a person who's putting Him in priority in every area of your life, I'll say there's a spiritual hunger and a thirst, and that's going to grow. And that fallow ground, any areas of your life, the Holy Spirit's going to deal with you. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Second Peter 1.4 as I get ready to close. Second Peter. Second Peter 1, and I'm going to go through verses 1 through 4. And I just want to pull out some things that jumped out at me. Thank you, Lord. Listen to this. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power has given us all things, that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these promises ye might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Let me break this down. Verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of our God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. The Word of God says that grace and peace will be multiplied through the knowledge 
of God and our Lord Jesus Christ. You will only gain that knowledge as you are getting into the Word, building an intimate relationship with your Heavenly Father through, through prayer. Notice it says it's going to be multiplied unto you through knowledge. You see, don't ever forget this either about faith. To have faith, you have to know some things. To have faith for something, you have to know some things from the Word. How can someone be saved if they don't know it's God's will for them to be saved? How can they be saved if they don't know how to get saved? To have true Bible faith, you have to know something from the Word. And it says here, the more you're knowledgeable about the Word of God, the more grace or unmerited favor in your life. The more peace, because you know more of the Word of God and the promises that belong to you and to me. Is that making sense? The more you know, the more grace and peace will be. Not just added, it says multiplied. I'm no math major, but multiplication is a little bit better than addition when you're talking about the blessings of God. Amen? Now, verse, uh, well, yes, and to be able to, to grow in that knowledge, the spiritual hunger and thirst must be present. There must be dedication. There must be discipline in your spiritual walk. Verse 3, according as his divine nature has given us all things, say all things, that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge, there's that word again, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. God has given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through him. It means knowing him, having a intimate relationship with him. Through the knowledge of the word. Through your daily prayer life. You following me? All things that pertain unto life and godliness. Not just to hoard up for ourselves and just to, oh yeah, I'm blessed. But to pour it out to others. Right? We're representatives, ambassadors for Christ on this earth. Verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You know, it would have been good enough if he would have just said great and precious promises. But it says exceedingly great. That makes me want to run down this aisle and do a couple backflips this morning. You understand what I'm saying? Exceeding great and precious promises. That by these, by what, Peter? By these exceedingly great and precious promises, you, you, say me might be partakers of the divine nature. You see, you have the Holy Ghost in you. You have the Word of God, supernatural Word of God. You have been given authority on this earth by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself to go on out, to be partakers of that divine nature. In power. We don't, we don't serve a weak God. The Word of God is not weak. It's, it's quick. It's alive. It's powerful. Amen? You understand what I'm saying this morning? Partakers of his divine nature. Why? Why did he do that? It says, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. As a Christian, you do not have to suffer the same things as the world does. Every, I'm telling you, someone, when, you, when you, you know, one time I was preaching and stuff, talking about the word and, and just hammering scriptures, they said, you know, hey, James, that sounds too good to be true. I said, it is good, and it, but it is true. 
There is so much that we haven't even begun to tap into. You know, it's like a well. It's like you can't take advantage of that water until you tap into it, right? And put that pipe or whatever it is, that pump, down in that stream. And you tap it out. You pull it out. Well, we've been given the wells of salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And it doesn't do you or me any good if you don't tap into it as a believer. No good whatsoever. And that's why so many people blame this and that on God. Oh, God, you know, why did you give such and such my, my sister cancer? Why did you do He didn't. The well is down there. He's saying it's down there. Tap into it. Take advantage of all your benefits. These exceedingly great and precious promises. Exceedingly great and precious promises. Glory. See, all of these promises hinge on this. Your desire to know him more and to gain knowledge in the word of God. You will get what you put into your Christian walk. If you don't put much time into your spiritual life, that's what you'll get out of it. Not much. Amen? Not much. It's called the law of sowing and reaping. Go to Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8 says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he reap. It's a kingdom principle, okay, on this earth. For he that sows to his flesh shall reap, shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit shall, uh, shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Amen. The law of what you put into your Christian walk, that's what you're going to get out of it. James 4.8. I know, I said I was getting ready to close, and I really mean it this time. Hallelujah. It's just so much coming out that I just wanted to just get this out to you hallelujah and if anything I mean I know I'm saying a lot of things and, it, and it's I mean you walk out of your, you know I know how it goes when I you sit in church service you know you said so many good things but you walk out and maybe 10% of it you remember get a CD we offer free CDs of every service you know get them take advantage of it why we can offer that free CD right now James 4 8 says this draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. The thing I want to bring up is this. The proportion, God's saying the proportion you draw near to me, he says, I will draw near to you. I want you to notice, as, as we've been learning on that John Bevere series Wednesday night, we initiate it. It says draw near to God, and then he's going to draw near to you. So something happens on earth before something moves in heaven. You understand that? So we determine our level of intimacy with God. John 7, is that's my last verse. John 7. I just want to pull up something interesting here. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39 says in the last day that great day of the feast jesus stood and cried i mean he shouted this you understand he shouted it 
Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, But this spake he of the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. The point I want to bring up is this. So many Christians, this is talking about, he's saying, if you believed on me, as the Scripture has said. So many people stop, well, you know, when you're born again, you receive the Holy Spirit on the inside. The re, it's called regeneration, the born-again experience. But then there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Amen? The second experience there. It's interesting to me how many people stop at the first one, first one and don't go any further in their walk with the Lord as far as receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Notice he said, he that believeth on me, how Jesus, as the scripture has said. He's talking about the fullness of the Holy Spirit, not just stopping at the born again. He's saying, go all the way. If you believe on me, the way the scripture has said, out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. Amen? As the scripture has said. Oh, but there's a terrible, terrible disease in the body of Christ. Where people just seem they can pick out what they want out of the word. And don't believe the other parts of it. They're doing themselves a detriment. And a detriment. Now listen to me. I'm making a bold statement. They're doing a detriment to the kingdom of God. Why? Jesus said in Acts 1.8 that you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Notice upon. Any reference to the Holy Spirit, you'll know upon you. It doesn't say in you, upon you. He said, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you shall receive power to what? Be witnesses unto me. When a Christian stops simply at the born-again experience and doesn't receive the fullness, they're hindering the power of God on this earth. Let's tell it like it is. You know, you know me by now, most of you. I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. They're doing a detriment to the kingdom of God. How many of you know that? And it's, it's got to change. We believe in the full word of God, right? Call yourself a believer. Well, let's believe the whole word. Right? Then we'll just call you a part-time believer or a half-time believer, whatever. But I'm so tired of seeing this. There is so much evidence, so much proof, yet people harden their hearts to that, to the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And they're hindering the Word of God from moving forward in power on this earth. If you'll stand with me this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for boldness. Hallelujah. Thank you for your Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth, Father. Just lift your hands and thank Him for what He's done today. Thank you, Jesus. Now maybe there's someone in this place. You haven't even took the first step. 
you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, in today's that day. If you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to come down to this altar and I want to pray with you to receive Him. To change your destination for eternity. Amen? If there's someone in here, sure, you received Jesus many, many years ago. But you know what? You, you know you've been just backsliding. You haven't been living the life that you should. But today's the day when you felt that spiritual thirst, that spiritual hunger be revived. Oh, there's a flame in there. It's got to be fanned. And you're ready to fan that flame today. If you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, I want you to come down and I want to pray with you this morning. If there's someone in this place who has never received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, You've gone 50% and praise God for that. But you're ready to go all the way and get ready to be used by God in such a powerful way. If you want to receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost, I want you to come down. And I want to lay hands on you and pray with you to receive the precious Holy Spirit baptism. And yes, you shall receive power. Not just a full-time preacher, but you shall receive power to go out to the highways and byways and compel them to come in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Or if you need a healing, a physical healing, uh, emotional healing, some kind of a miracle in your life, if you need prayer for any of those things, I want you to come down. And I want to agree with you. Lay hands on you. Because we believe in the power of God. We believe that God's power is still flowing today. It's absurd to think that that stopped with the apostles. Foolish. That's a lie of the devil. Just worship the Lord right now.
who wants to have a deeper walk with the Lord, come on down. Just come to this altar just as a response to the Holy Ghost today, saying, yes, I want more. And just seek the Lord on your own. Thank you, Jesus. Sometimes it takes that one step in the flesh to move toward the front. And when you reach out and take that first step, you will see an anointing come upon you. And I have a feeling someone here, someone's feeling quickened to come on up to this altar with all these others. And, and you're feeling that tug in your heart. And I believe if you step out in faith and you take that first step to come up here, you're going to notice a difference in your life. Something's going to change. That situation's going to turn around. I'm speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Someone here is being, you're just feeling it. I need to go up there with these others. Someone, there it goes. Thank you, Jesus. And something, there's a breakthrough coming. There is such a breakthrough coming. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what he's done. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Let's listen to the words of this song. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. 
Something's taking place. The Holy Spirit's moving right now upon people's hearts. I believe right now some fallow ground in, in your hearts. Right now the Holy Spirit just going to reveal certain things to you. Now what you do with that is going to determine your level of your spiritual walk. Because if you don't deal with those areas, you're only going to go so far. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Our helper. One called alongside to help. Thank you, Jesus. Where you go, he goes. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I just don't feel the release yet. Just hold off for a minute here. i uh-huh. 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, how do you dismiss something like this? Just go and be blessed in the presence of the Lord. Keep Him with you. He's with you everywhere you go. Just be sensitive to His Holy Spirit. I just feel like saying that. Be sensitive to His Holy Spirit. It just amazes me how many times someone who, who maybe have gotten in an accident or something said, you know what? I felt like I needed to turn down that other road, but I didn't. And they ended up getting in an accident. I, I just feel like telling you that. Someone here, be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Amen? Father, bless everyone who has come today and their families, Father. Touch them. Let your anointing rest upon them mightily that every yoke, every bondage would be destroyed, Father. Until next week, in Jesus' name, bless them. Bring them back safe. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. We love you. Come back again and see us.